Hello and welcome to this episode of Swamp Gothic, the podcast that takes a look at the folklore, legends, and stories of the Deep South. I'm your host, Rob Pickering. Now, I was born and raised in the heart of the Cajun country, Lafayette, Louisiana, so I grew up hearing all the stories about the creatures that supposedly inhabit the swamp and the legends unique to that part of the country. As a result, I've always had a fascination with all things strange, paranormal, and supernatural. Also, being in relatively close proximity to New Orleans, the most haunted city in America, it only heightened my curiosity. So get ready and travel with me into the swamp. This week we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to get a little existential on you. In this episode I'll be looking into the nature of legends and how they are connected to the supernatural. It's going to be a little longer than most of my other episodes, but I hope the subject will be interesting enough that you'll stick with me to the end. Now I should probably tell you my feelings concerning some of the legends I talk about on this podcast. I generally consider myself a skeptic. 99 times out of 100, there will be perfectly logical scientific answer for those things we consider unexplained. Of course, we can't ignore that 1%. If even one thing out of 100 is unexplainable within the realms of science, that is significant because it opens up a whole new world of study into what's actually real. Just think what it would mean if we could prove the existence of just one ghost. That would definitely prove that there is an afterlife, even if we could show that 99 other alleged ghost sightings were something else. I choose to keep an open mind when it comes to things that are unexplained, but most people have a difficult time accepting that they don't or can't know something. They make up their own explanations, sometimes based on the flimsiest of evidence. For example, when I was in college, I saw a number of bright lights high above my house performing unbelievable maneuvers. The natural inclination, based on our current culture, is to identify them as extraterrestrial technology. But, 200 years ago, they might have been attributed to angels or demons, and no doubt some evidence would have been put forth in an attempt to prove that theory. That is not to say I do not like to do a little speculating myself. I have my theories, just like everyone else. I just don't try to claim that I have any solid evidence to support these theories. Webster's Dictionary defines a legend as a story handed down for generations among a people and popular believed to have a historical basis, although not verifiable. It is this kernel of truth that makes legends so interesting and in some cases plausible. If someone says they saw a particular creature in the woods, it's perfectly reasonable to assume they did see something. It just comes down to their interpretation of what they saw, which is usually based on a societal belief system. For the purposes of this podcast, we typically focus on three types of legends. First of all, monsters or other creatures. Two, ghosts or hauntings. And three, supernatural or paranormal occurrences. We'll look at each one of these types in depth to determine what might be real and what's probably not. Ultimately, it's up to you to decide what to believe and what not to believe, and it's sometimes more fun to believe in something that is likely not true. First, let's look at monsters or other creatures. 
There's actually a field of science, many people call it a pseudoscience, called cryptozoology, which focuses on creatures unknown to mainstream science. Bigfoot or the Rougarou, which we covered in a previous episode, might be part of this field. Although, generally speaking, they tend to stay away from more fanciful creatures like the Rougarou, specifically because they do, not, they do want to be taken seriously. Monsters, more narrowly defined as supernatural creatures with malicious intent, are a different thing, not as yet unclassified animals. Now, we understand that such creatures are usually the products from a past where unexplainable events were usually attributed to something people could understand. Why would uh, young boys and girls suddenly go missing from a village? It had to be some horrible creature. Sexual predators, slave traders, or some previously unknown predatory animal were not something average medieval villagers would be familiar with. It is possible that some previously unidentified hominid creature walking upright and covered with hair may be roaming the forested areas of North America. Sure, it's possible. Not likely, but possible. After all, scientists identify dozens of new species of life every year. It's mostly insects, but every now and then it's something much larger. Also, we like to think that we have explored and mapped every square inch of the North American continent, and while we have satellite imagery of the entire planet, there are great swathes of land that no human has ever set foot in and could conceivably harbor some form of life we are unfamiliar with. Could Rougarous and other monsters simply be creatures such as Bigfoot, for lack of a better name, that have been misidentified? It is a distinct possibility. What about ghosts and hauntings? This is a topic that is of great fascination for me. Probably the area I'm most interested in because there are so many possibilities. In fact, hauntings could be the result of a few different things that are not based in known science. One of the newer theories developed in the mid-20th century and sounds at least semi-scientific is that haunting, for lack of a better term, are the memories of past events somehow recorded and played back in an endless loop in a place where they occurred. This has been used to explain things people have experienced in places that have had extremely profound and traumatic incidents associated with them, such as battlefields and accident sites. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is one such place. The death and destruction that occurred on that Civil War battlefield was extreme, and it is listed as one of the most haunted places in the United States. At first, the idea that it is merely a recording played back over and over again sounds as if it could be plausible. Proponents of this theory explain that, as we all know from elementary school Earth science, our planet is surrounded by a powerful magnetic field. It should be possible, they say, for events to be picked up and recorded in the ether and then played back on a loop. Some people, especially those who are sensitive to such things, can then pick up on them as a radio picks up on a station broadcast. It also explains why entities detected, whether full apparitions or merely nebulous orbs or blobs of light, never interact with the people observing them, just as characters in a VHS or DVD recording don't interact with the viewers. This theory breaks down, however, when some basic questions remain unanswered. What mechanism is used to record these memories in the first place? What is this mysterious recording medium and how is it anchored to these places? And how are things that are recorded played back? And why is it in a continuous loop?
How is it that different people observe different things? There are many things about this explanation that don't seem to pass the logic test. The most common explanation for ghosts is that they are the spirits of the dead. Part of the problem with this is that science has not come close to proving the existence of the human soul, which for most people is synonymous with their spirit. In the 1990s, there was a person who claimed that he had actually proven the existence of the soul by having a person who was near death placed on a scale. When this person died, the scale actually registered a loss of a gram of weight, proving, he said, that the human soul actually had mass, which would prove it existed. This experiment, however, was never repeated as far as I have been able to ascertain, leaving me to believe that either the entire account was fictional, or the experiment had been conducted again and the results could not be repeated. Even if it could be proven that humans do have a soul, could it be proven that it does remain here on Earth, or that it can remain here? Most recorded cases of people coming back from a near-death experience, which is still only anecdotal, tell of the subject being pulled through a long tunnel towards a bright light. If such experiences are real, then it would seem that a person's spirit cannot voluntarily remain here on earth, making the possibility of ghosts being merely the spirits of the departed somewhat more remote. The other possibility, and this one is popular with Christian fundamentalists, is that ghosts are manifestations of demons. This idea does not, interestingly enough, apply to angels. If angels manifested themselves as ghosts of those who had passed away, then attempting to communicate with the living, this could be interpreted as going against biblical principles. I know people who are quite skeptical of anything related to supernatural or paranormal, yet will swear an oath that ghosts are nothing more than demons from hell trying to deceive people. These are otherwise intelligent and rational people. The third category is supernatural or paranormal occurrences or events. This would refer to things like the Seneca guns or ghost lights, things not normally associated with creatures or ghosts, but rather unexplained and hence unsettling things. This may be the richest vein to mine for mystery or horror writers and movie makers. There are so many things that could cause these things, and sometimes when we find that there is a natural explanation, a revelation is almost a disappointment. I remember a story about a place in Texas where ghost lights were said to appear on a railroad track. This was such a big story that it was even featured on a television program. When a proper investigation was performed, it was discovered that the lights were caused by automobile headlights from a highway in the vicinity of where the lights were coming from. Another mystery solved. But what about other mysteries that don't have such simple explanations such as crop circles? This riddle is made even more difficult to solve because there are hoaxers, or I suppose you could call them artists depending on your point of view, who've gone out with rope and planks and made circles of their own. In those cases, there's a definite natural explanation. But what about those that are most decidedly not man-made? There are some crop circles that require an immense amount of manpower, mind-bogglingly complex mathematical computations, and hundreds of man-hours of physical work, all created overnight. One such example was an amazingly complex circle that measured 780 feet in diameter discovered near Wiltshire, England in 2001. To put that in perspective for Americans, that's nearly two and a half football fields in diameter. 
the circle was composed of 409 smaller circles of various diameters arranged in an interlocking spiral pattern. Theoretically, this could have been created and carried out by groups of men, but in a single night, that rather defies common sense. On a larger scale, we have the Bermuda Triangle. Again, we may have something here that is caused by many factors. Rogue waves, many approaching 100 feet in size, have been conjectured to occur in this area where several ocean currents converge. This would explain why a number of ships might have disappeared. But it does not explain why several aircraft have also disappeared or had odd things happen to them, such as malfunctioning instruments. These are all very obviously all very different things, but they fall under the category of places where paranormal things occur with some frequency. And maybe that's what we should be looking at, not the event themselves, but the places where they occur. What makes sites like the Wheatfields of England or the Bermuda Triangle or New Orleans, Louisiana or Savannah, Georgia or any other place where supernatural events tend to occur in clusters such attractors of these events? One school of thought postulates that the earth is crisscrossed by certain ley lines. Without going into too much detail, these ley lines are thought to be rivers of supernatural energy. Now, there's not a general consensus on exactly where these lines are. Different maps show different ley lines. But on some of these maps, places like New Orleans, the center of the Bermuda Triangle, and the Wheatfields of England all lie in areas where these lines intersect. Such intersections may disrupt the flow of energy along these lines, resulting in paranormal occurrences. Of course, all of this is strictly conjecture. There is no proof that these ley lines actually exist in any reality, although there is a great deal of history behind the belief in such things. As a matter of fact, they play an important part in Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, in the movie of the same name. So, what does all this mean? In the grand scheme of things, not much, but it is fun to speculate, and who knows, maybe in the future, humans will come to understand much more about the world we live in. But hopefully not too much. Life is much more fun with a little mystery in it. So what are your thoughts? Why not visit the Swamp Gothic Facebook page and tell us about it? And if you're interested in a little more Swamp Gothic, check out my collections of short stories on my webpage. That's robertpickering.net. And visit my Facebook page at Robert P. Pickering. We'll see you next week on the Swamp Gothic Podcast. (music) 